Cheers. Cheers. That's not bad. That was a Like it's a you know two solid drinks. I'm Kana. I'm Andy. And welcome to diplomacygames.com. Yep. The um, podcast of all things diplomacy related by two drunk Australians, or soon to be drunk. Soon to be drunk, yeah. We're currently very, very sober, which is unfortunate, but... I'll speak to yourself. I had a couple of pints on my way in. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I did. Far out. <laughs> true, true to typecast. Yeah. It is a Sunday after all. And, and um, it's a hot one. It's a stinker. Yep. It's been actually a bit warm, right? It's funny, actually, yesterday was good. We had... Did you get any rain last night? Oh, I got a... A, a, a splattering, yeah, it was hardly you know, anything, but not enough to break any sort of. Meant to be getting, meant to be getting a storm late this afternoon. Storm would be nice. Storm would be great. What are you drinking, Andy? Uh, because it's a hot day, I'm on the beer. So it's a little creatures pale ale. It's a nice drop that. I love the little creatures pale ale. It's a great default beer. If you want something that's safe but tasty, go that one. Go pale ale. Yep, little creatures. And I'm on the um, I'm on the hill cider. It's an apple. That's from the Five Adelaide Hills. From the Adelaide Hills, I've had it. I've had it before, uh, but this one's in a glass, and it's. Um, I don't know about you, but I think things taste differently when it comes out of a glass and out of the tap. Yes, what's well, coming out of a bottle into a glass into a, your mouth? Into my mouth, yeah. <laughs> then um, to your stomach and. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's a good cider. Good, very yep. good. And where are we drinking? Uh, I think it's called the Stanton Cafe and Bar. So. Um, yeah, so we're overlooking the Queen's Mall. Queen Street Mall, yeah. Queen Street Mall in uh, central Brisbane. And, look, I've walked past this place a number of times, and I had no idea how popular the place is. It's no. pretty full on a Sunday. It's, um... Well, it's well positioned. looks nice. We've got some nice olives here. I actually haven't had an olive yet. How are they? Not bad. They're warm. Yeah, Sicilian. Oh, I thought it was the heat outside. No, they would have heated them up. Um... And we're just catching up prior to um, a board game, a yep. face-to-face. Our fourth face-to-face game. Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to kick off in about an hour or so, roughly. And Looking things, forward to it. All things willing, we're going to have a record number of email posts. Yes, three, hopefully. Fingers Cross crossed. fingers. Yep. Um, I did bring a couple of variants along, just in case we had more or less people turn up than we expected. Yep. Um, I think it's a good backup plan, actually, for anyone who's organising a game. Unless you've got people kind of committing in blood that, yes, they'll be there, it doesn't hurt to have a backup set of plans. Just in case. Yeah. Yep. By all means, go the classic where you can go the classic. Yep. But if you need to kind of trade up or trade down... Yeah, yeah. So, so I've, if got, we... I've got two eight-player games. Oh, OK. Uh, yep. So I bought... Um, USA. Because there ain't a war without the USA. Correct. Um, and I brought Celtic Britain. So I think for um, players who are more, um, I suppose, more traditional, I'd probably be saying, yeah, the USA map is a good one because it's essentially just that straight classic map, but it's effectively turning into an around-the-world game with the addition of a couple of supply centres and, and territories into Asia, but more particularly by adding America as a player. Yeah, so the, the winning conditions for all the players is 18, except for America where it's 14 because they are one away. So there's a slight difference in the winning conditions on that map. But apart from that, it's um, it's a standard game with wraparound edges. I reckon even if we can get the 14 supply centres, someone by the end of like five hours, that's still a pretty awesome mm-hmm. effort. Mm-hmm. 
in Celtic Britain is the um, map, the variant map that's based around obviously the pre-Roman period. Yeah, pre-Roman. Um, and I think the, the the random rule on that one is there's a couple of islands that can convoy. Okay. Um, but apart from that, it's um, standard, bog standard diplomacy rules. Yep. Um, and not sure we, about the wind conditions, but I've got it all there. We always just check online if we need to, if it's getting a bit, right. bit tight. Yeah. Actually, we never got to a stage where anyone's been able to win a game yet because of time. But And if we have less people turning up, what have we got? I also brought um, Ancient Mediterranean. It's a five-player game? It's a five yeah, okay. five player. And I bought a six player one. Which one did I bring there? I can pull them out, but I don't want to. Look like a dickhead in the middle of a bar. Like a moron at this looking at no, no, actually, you should do that. People are going to go, what's he got over there? All right, I'll bring that interesting game. Oh, good, you are. Good. <laughs> you don't have to. I was just taking the piss. So Kane is going through his magic cylinder of board games. Get Big out, cardboard man. tube. Pop the lid, having a bit of a fiddle. Well, I've got to keep things going, otherwise it's a bit boring, just you silence. Painter's having a bit of a problem getting it out. I've got an olive in my mouth, too. <laughs> um, I am having a bit of an issue. Yeah, there we are, there we are. Pull it out. The, um, There's the big one. The How about I hold on to the big canvas one, to the classic map? And then you've got the... They're A3 versions, aren't they, that you've um, yeah, laminated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got... There's USA. USA by T. Moskal. Um, ancient Mediterranean. Which is probably the more common one that people would know because that's over at um, WebDip and VDip and... Quite a common... Dip, I think. It's a well-tested um, variant. It's not um, a bad map. I like it when I win. Don I don't Hessel. like it when I don't. Um, that's a very small version. That's a bigger one. I bought... Um, oh, 1600. 1600. Is that an eight-player game? a nine-player one. Nine-player one? I think. One, One, two, two three, four, four, five, five six, six, seven, eight. Yeah, nine. nine. Oh, yeah, we can count. We're um, that. Celtic. And Celtic. 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 That's Celtic, isn't it? I guess it depends on where you are, hey? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Good point. Um, David Amazon. Yeah, that's a pretty map, too. I think, I think this one might be a good one if we end up with eight. Just okay, well, we'll see how we go. Just from the spatial laser, the spatial... Positioning, positioning. Of, it'd be easier to move pieces around on a yes, yeah, good point board actually. Like that, than it would be to see some like. Which is why you, I printed out a large version of the. Yeah, what you probably actually need is something like that at USA one, or actually any of these is probably doing it. Have you got access to like an A one printer or not? An A two A two printer. Not at work, um, but I might. Maybe get two A threes and cut them in half, or two A threes joined yeah, together. These A threes, they're kind of backups. Um, there we go. Whoops, that was me. That was um, Taxi. <laughs> Here. Oh shit, man, you dropped things all over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hang on, we'll just pause this. Yeah. Once this gets cleaned up. Okay, listeners, we're back after a um... Taxi episode by um, Ambi. <laughs> I'm not even pissed that I'm knocking over bottles. Whoops. Um. So we, yeah, so we talked about those maps and what we're going to be, maybe do if we don't have the right number of players, which I think is a good backup plan for people. Hmm. Um, what do we, do we talk a little bit about the news, what's going around at the moment? Big stuff in the diplomacy world. I think that's a good idea um, because we've also got an interview which you held with 
sorry. <laughs> Multiple things happening at once. Um, we've got an interview to um, play for you guys as well. With, um, but do you want to do that one first? No, no, let's do the news and then okay. go to the interview. Yeah, okay, so we've got an interview yep. with John from Backstabber. Hmm. Very good. So that's coming up very soon. Might be over here. Thank you. It's tough. All right. Actually, that's not a bad amount of food. Maybe we do need our plates after all. Do you want pink or blue plate? Yeah, I'll grab the blue. Get the blue? Yep. There we go. What you after now? Tell me to put your pips. Pips. Kane is reaching over, grabbing a glass, pouring the pips into the glass. There we go. Awesome. Sorted. Okay. So, um, news. Fuck, I was going to eat and I can't nap, so I've got to talk. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. So, a couple of things. First up, um, the WDC, the World Diplomacy Championship 2021 website is now live. Mm. I was unaware of this. This yeah. is exciting. And I probably should have actually had the URL for when I started talking about it so I don't look like a total dick. Um, but it's being held in Bangkok, correct? Yeah, so we knew it was going to be held in um, in Thailand, but we didn't know where in Thailand. But now it's out and about, which is great news. It's being organised by Lei Salainen and Andrew Goff. Yeah. So, and this is great news. So, well, I think the... Um, can't find the bloody link. So the one thing they've got to work on, they've got to work on their uh, search engine optimization because when you Google World Diplomacy Championship 2021, you don't find it. It's WDC2021.com. Thank you, Kana. You are a legend. Um, and, oh, you talk good. Diplomacy Premier Event comes to Asia. Um, featuring the 2021 World Championship team and social events, Q&A sessions with some of the best players, organisers from around the world and more. I have to say, like, having it at a location that's Asia, but it's kind of Australasia, it's easy enough for the Australian New Zealand cohort to get to as yep. well. Um, well I think know, that was the idea of having the, the championship there. So it's central to pretty much, not as, as close as you can get to central to everybody in the world. Because... Yeah. You know, it's kind of halfway between Europe and America. If you go the other way around the world, it's close to Australia. And it's halfway between Australia and America, and, Australia and, and Europe. Yep. So, yep. No. Oh. And I think I don't know. They don't have the dates announced yet, do they, for 2021? But the actual dates. Mm. Um, I don't think so. I couldn't find it on the website. Not yet. But hey, it's 2019 the, um, still. Social media channels for further information and details. And I think you'll find that um, the good thing here is there's lots of different options for how to um, how to budget. Because we know when you get to Thailand, Thailand presumably is cheap as chips. Well, we cheap, not too stay bad. Stay almost though, anywhere, hey? Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So getting there, though, wouldn't be too difficult if you know now that, hey, it's happening in 2021, which is still a way off. You can save up a little bit of coin, even if you are... Um, someone who's a bit, you know, you're a student or you're not in the, the best uh, paying job, you can still kind of put aside a little bit of cash. And 
the actual living room. costs of being there in itself is it's not too expensive. So. And there's also a number of low-cost airlines that now also fly out of um, that area too. So, And they actually now do long-haul flights, some of them. So it wouldn't be too difficult even going through some of those low-cost carriers if you're really, really short of cash to get over there. Because once you're there, it won't cost you much. I'm planning on making a thing of it. I might go over... Um, Go over to the actual tournament and then speed, spend a week in, I don't know, Chiang Rai or Phuket or Koh Samui or something, you know, one of these other places. That... Very good. And the other thing about this, which is great, that ties into the story, is this was a bit of a, a collaboration, obviously, between the Thai and the Australian contingents at WDC 2019 at Marseille to come up with this idea. And this ties into also what's been announced from a news point of view, which is the creation of the Asia, no, no, the Asia Pacific Diplomacy Association. Yeah, talk us through that. So there was previously a rather inactive uh, Diplomacy Association of Australia and New Zealand. And building off that now is a federation, so to speak, of all countries in the Asia and Pacific location who are going to be coming together and forming almost like a, well, it's an association, kind of like how there's a North American one and there's a European one. This is now an Asia-Pacific one. And the yep. idea being to actually have a series of tournaments which will form what's called a Grand Prix. Australasian Grand Prix. An Australasian Grand Prix, an Asia-Pacific Grand Prix of, of events. So there might be, I don't know the final numbers, but there's probably going to be, I don't know, at least half a dozen, maybe up to a dozen diplomacy championships that will form part of that um, Grand Prix. Hopefully I'm not announcing things that I shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> if I am, uh, I'm just talking shit, you know. It is. I, th- I think it's important just to jump in here before we go into any further depth that uh, the DAANZ was very active at one stage. Hmm. It was incredibly active, yep. um, but it's since become less active. And this is a like, reinvigorating that concept and expanding it to other areas of the globe. And I think it's just a fantastic idea because we want the game to grow, we want people to get involved, and look, the logical place for that is Asia. So um, I think having this is great. I've already kind of suggested, I think, to uh, Andrew Goth that, look, we'd be happy to host a tournament here in Queensland as part of that Grand Prix. We are? We are. Okay. (laughs) You're going to be the tournament coordinator. I am. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon that we could probably do it if we were pushed, but I think that there is another Brisbane-based player who has previously run tournaments who may be interested in running the tournament on our behalf. Sounds exciting. Very exciting. And And there'd be obviously other um, cups that are part of it. Well, yeah, I reckon because there's there's been that recent one down in, uh, in Canberra. There's, been, yes. there's obviously that ongoing one that occurs in, in uh, Melbourne, one we went to. Yep. So that might be the kickoff one, I reckon. Maybe, I don't know. Um, We'd have to talk to Goffy to get more information. Yeah. The thing I'm surprised at is why there's, no, there's not a, a scene in Sydney, because Sydney is, you know, largest city in Australia, and as we've found out, you've just got to start pulling your, getting your shit together, and you can start creating your own little local group. Oh, no. I was talking to my Uber driver on the way to way in. You got an Uber in? No, I got an Uber to the train station. Okay, good. Yeah, that makes more um, sense. And then train <laughs> in. Yeah. 
Um, you know, he was most recently in Sydney, and it seems like every person I speak to has from Sydney recently has just gone, nah, there's no way I could live there any longer. They've reached their boiling point. Transport, living costs, blah, 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 blah. And they're sort of like fleeing the, the city. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I don't know. But there's probably a critical mass of people who are always going to be there. I think. Anyway, that's my little Sydney story. There you go. Not that that's exciting, but... Um, no, my brother was there recently, and, you know, he got jack of it and moved out, so... I was there last week for a day. Um, what so else is happening? Other, other news, I suppose, relating to tours and everything like that, is that um, we have been got in touch from a, a chap by the name of Gary, who's in the UK. Goes by the um, the handle of Phlegmatic at Plaidiff. Oh, okay, yep. Hi, I didn't even. And I kind of when I was trying to find Gary's details online, I was just you know googling Phlegmatic. And I didn't know it's actually it's a real word. Yeah? Yeah, I've never heard of the word before, have you? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm like, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a characteristic, like a, you, know, you can be a phlegmatic sort of person. That's right, having a, an unemotional and solidly calm disposition. Which could help in a diplomacy game, I wouldn't think. Well, at least, at least portraying yourself as being like that, I think. <laughs> Inwardly in turmoil. So I think... Gary at the moment uh, currently coordinates a, uh, a, a tournament, not a tournament game, a, a yeah, it is a tournament game in the uh, in the UK, which is called uh, MacCon. 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 M A C. Oh no, not Con. Fuck. Macron. No, that's Macron. He's like a, the um, the French president. Yeah, but it could be MacCon, which is like the... oh Macron, so Macron. No. Macon. Macon is um, for the Macclesfield location in the UK, which is a location. Of, yeah, they're bloody nice. Yeah. Haven't you had one yet? Oh, uh-huh. okay, good. Um, Macclesfield in the UK. So he wanted to let people know that Maccon Three is going to be held on the 14th and the 15th of March, 2020. Now, normally this is a invitation-only event, okay. but they're now going to be opening it up to um, other people who are interested in joining to have a more open inclusion process which is great I'm sorry where was that Macclesfield Macclesfield yes okay. I, I don't know where Macclesfield is although I have put it within the that map that we've got on the website right. so go to diplomacygames.com slash groups that's where we've got all the different uh, regular communities that currently play or tournaments and things we probably don't have all the right details there, i.e. we probably don't know about some certain things out there. So yeah, let us yeah, know. Let us know, yeah. Uh, you can actually lodge a thing that way. But the other thing you said was there's going to be a resur- resurrection of the annual MidCon event in Derby in the UK. And that's going to be acting, acting as the official UK Diplomacy Championship. Oh, Okay. So that what, particular... When's that? Next year? This year? November next year. November next but year. But getting in early, just kind of like WDC 2021. And together, as well as a few other things, much the same way we said we're looking... There's, a, there's that talk of having that Asia-Pacific Grand Prix of tournaments. Yep. There's talk about actually having like a, a tour of Britain. So all these tournaments that'll kind of combine into a, a bigger picture prize. Well, if only I had a blimp, Andy. Yes. And the time. Be able to leisurely 
float over to these tournaments. Actually, I don't mind some of the interior here over near the bar area. It looks like something you'd probably find in our blimp. I definitely set up a bar like this. Yeah, you know, a chandelier and you know a little bit of lead lighting. Always good. So, um, have you found Macclesfield? It's like in the middle of. Well, no, I found Derby. Yep. Which is like near Nottingham. And Sheffield, I guess. Okay. So it's like bang in the middle of the UK. Yep. In fact, if you put a pin there and, and, and held it up, it'll probably balance quite nicely on your you finger. spin it around. And spin it. Yeah. Very good. So that's all the news I've got. You got any news? Um, no. Nothing but... No. So we get into our interview? Mm. So, um, I think so. I think it was a couple of weeks ago I interviewed John from Backstabber. John is one of the developer guys who helped run that particular site. And I kind of, first up, I think I mentioned in the interview, I apologise the fact that we've taken, what's this, is this episode 57 maybe now? Hmm. It's like taking us this long to get to Backstabber, like we've done V-dip and Web-dip and Play-dip and Face-to-Face, but we've never touched on Backstabber. So it's about time we got to talk about Backstabber. Yeah, because it's a great, it's got a great little, well, not only can you play online against other people with this, but you can also use it as... It's sandbox functionality yep. and record games sort of on the fly, um, which I plan on doing at this face-to-face game. Nice. To record Very it, nice. so maybe we can put a link in the description below um, once the uh, the game's done so you can see what sort of crazy moves Andy and Kanan get up to. True, because I've got a couple of crazy moves planned. Have you? Yeah. Okay. I might have right. to the English Channel. Oh, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> Might be a problem if I'm kind of, you know, turkey, but I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> See if you can fly a ship over. That's right. Anyway, how about we listen to uh, John's interview and learn a lot more about Backstabber. Okie dokie. Okay, John, uh, welcome to the Diplomacy Games podcast. Thanks for joining us. Great, thank you for having me. And it's really, really refreshing and great to actually have at last um, someone from Backstabber on on the program um, because I think when I initially created the the podcast and the website, we kind of I, I kind I, I do do a little bit of web stuff in my real day job. Mm. I was adding all the various stuff into the you know the metadata and you know the code and everything like that to make sure everything was all you know working for you know google and everything like that and i've mentioned backstabber and we'll talk about backstabber on the show and it's taken us now 57 episodes to get around to it which is um a a big apology on my part um but something that um it's great that we've actually got a a last around too um so would you like to tell us a little bit about um your role with backstabber and what backstabber in fact is Uh, um Let's see, I'm one of the developers, there's a, a couple of us, uh, but I'm also the primary kind of, I call myself John the community guy in emails, but I'm the primary person who responds to emails and things like that. Um, and I work with some of my friends on Backstabber, which is uh, an online web-based version of diplomacy. Um, so, you know, similar, you know, in concept to uh, WebDip and VDIP and, you know, all the other online sites that I'm sure you and your listeners are, are familiar with. Um, Backstabber is uh, purely web-based, um, uh, so there's no apps like Droidipi or, or Conspiracy, although we get a, a common request for that. Um, 
some of the key differences between Backstabber and some of the other web-based sites, and, uh, and I guess I should offer a caveat that I don't actually look at the other sites super often, so I actually had to log in this week and, and kind of uh, re-familiarize myself with, with the state of things. But um, when we started the project, you know, there, um, there was a couple of different goals. A lot, a lot of our goals were really kind of just purely self-learning interest. Uh, you know, some of us wanted to learn uh, Python or App Engine or things like that. But we'd been, all of us are kind of uh, board gamers uh, just in general. And we'd been playing some online diplomacy on, uh, I want to say Flock, the the DP judge. Does that sound right? Um, I'm not familiar with that one, no. No, uh, it's, it's, even, it's even harder to use than the web dip and, and VDIP. But um, it's, it's one, of the, one of the older sites. I think it's part of like the diplomatic patch or something. But we played a few different diplomacy sites, and, and one thing that we noted was that we felt like the, um, the interfaces were pretty dated. Uh, you could tell that it was, you know, these are sites that are built by people who are, who are diehard diplomacy enthusiasts, but are maybe not web or software professionals in their in their day jobs and uh you know i mean that respectfully but uh you know for example the interfaces are non-clickable if you want to make a move in web dip or vdip you have to select from a drop down and things like that and so the uh, backstepper website is uh the map is fully clickable um the the site itself is responsive so that it, it works well across mobile and, and desktop i think that's one of our key strengths actually uh is that we we work really well on mobile uh, and I'd say probably about half our traffic is mobile, uh, which I think is, I'm guessing, is unusual compared to the other sites. Um, and then additionally, one of the, the key things that we sort of launched with and has been there since day one is we have a concept of this thing that we call a sandbox, which is uh, basically like a a, a, uh, a place base where you can take uh, moves and submit them and see how sandbox from scratch, you know, spring 1901 and put in orders and, and for all the different countries and adjudicate and see how it'll work out. You can also create sandboxes from any different game that you're in from the current turn that you're in or even previous historical turns. So if you're not quite sure if you want to test out a couple different scenarios, you're not sure what the adjudication will look like, you can create a sandbox uh, right from the game that you're in and uh, play around with it. Um, so I think that's kind of a, a quick high-level uh, overview of it. Cool. Um, yeah, so one of the things I first really started hearing about Backstabber was the use of, of the uh, the sandbox primarily. I think it may have been the first time around was it with, with um, well, first time I heard about it was probably was WDC 2018 um, when <clears throat> it was used there to kind of show what was going on within the top board. Um, and that, that's fantastic because obviously it means that, you know, you don't necessarily actually have to be at the tournament to see how things are progressing. You can kind of get that bit of a feeling in, in real time. Um, come from because like that's the one thing that isn't on you know web dip vdip or play dip you mentioned before around the the click interface and stuff and obviously you guys were probably one of the first to do that the rest has started catching up compared to the normal part of the site um i i would say that we get relatively little feedback other than everyone really wants us to be able to let them create a sandbox where they can define the initial state uh, as opposed to copying from an existing game state or having those things. That's a pretty constant source of feedback. Um, we, we definitely get, I'll say, not feedback in the sense of, oh, you should change this or improve this, but we have gotten plenty of communication over the years from people who have mentioned WWDC 2018. I think that was probably Chris Martin that was running those sandboxes. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so I, I actually added some features to, to help him do that um, prior to that. Uh, you could have sandboxes and you could share them, but I, I added the ability to name a sandbox and to give it a nice friendly name and, and um, 
uh, just make it a little bit easier to, to share. Um, so I thought it was that was a really cool use of it. Um, we've had people uh, tell us that they use it for face-to-face games. So you know most face-to-face games still have some kind of GM or administrator, and so box up on a projector or on a TV or something like that, and then uh, you know do all the diplomacy face-to-face, write down the orders on a piece of paper, hand it into someone, and then they you know plug it all in and and watch how it actually adjudicates. Um, so that's been interesting. Um, yeah, I think people are generally happy with it just because it's, it is an interesting space to play. Sometimes the how moves will resolve is not immediately intuitive, um, particularly if you're, you're new and don't understand some of the nuance of convoys and support and things like that. Um, in terms of the, like where it came from, um, the, 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 the short kind of nerdy answer is just that, um, you know, we, we knew upfront that it would be interesting to have a space to play around in, but the, the way that we were thinking about games and game states and the way that we were modeling in them, them in the code, you know, we realized that there's the only difference between having a sandbox that you can play in and, um, you know, like a full game is, is really, there's a couple of key concepts that are different. Um, for example, different people controlling the powers and press and things like that. But at the very core of it is you've got, uh, you know, again, what we call a game state, which is spring 1901, fall 1901, that sort of thing, uh, which contains all of the location of the units on the board and their submitted orders. And in the event of a, of a, a retreat or something like that, that's all captured in there. Um, but there's that, and then there's the adjudication, which takes a set of orders and, and produces the final result. And it's not really any, you know, there's nothing special about a, a, a game versus sandbox. They kind of share that in common. So in a lot of ways, it was just like, well, we kind of built the original adjudication engine uh, before we built the press or some of the other things. And we were like, well, this is great. You know, we'll just, we'll have the game. We'll also have a sandbox that's got this kind of stripped down bare bones um, adjudication built in. And it was easy to do from there. Excellent. And and the thing I, I like from what you described there about um, being able to use it at a tournament, having it up, you know, displayed on presentation, you know, up on a projector or whatever like that, is, uh, you know, obviously you'd normally have in a, in a game like that people around the board. This way you can kind of get a little bit further away and have some of your sneaky conversations and still look up and look at the board up there on the, on the wall or whatever like that without having to kind of come over and peer on it or, or write down all your notes and things. So that's that's pretty cool. Or pull it up on a tablet and take it with you. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the tablet or your phone or whatever like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even think that went through, but, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and, but you've also, I suppose the thing is, as, as a platform, people usually will go to WebDip or they'll go to VDip or they'll go to PlayDip. Do you actually have players who just distinctly hang out at Backstabber? Um, I, I guess I'm not sure how to answer that because I, I don't... Uh, You've never done a census to find out. <laughs> well, yeah, well I, haven't done, I haven't done a census and, you know, our, in terms of community, we have... Um, I tried running forums for a while, but they they had a bunch of problems, and I got tired of hosting them. And so now we have like we have a Discord that some people are on, and and we have a you know a subreddit and a, um, a a Twitter feed that people follow. But I don't think we necessarily have that same strong sense of community that you see on the the VDIP and WebDIP forums. So that's one thing that's a little bit hard to tell. Um, I think that I mean I can tell you my general impression, but it's it's sort of just reading between the lines. Um, one of the the key things we wanted to do. Or, or really rather um, a kind of a principle that we use to, to prioritize things is that we wanted to just really nail the core game and make it the best possible experience for the core game. Um, and so we do have some, you know, some rules, variants and things like that, but it's, it's relatively minor compared to all of the options that are available on those other sites. Um, and so 
I do think that as a result, what's kind of happened is I think that we've made an, an easier entry point for people who are, have heard about diplomacy or interested and want to check it out. You know, they can come and start a sandbox and play around with it without ever having to join a game, which you just can't do on the other sites. I think one of the, the main areas that I've heard is that obviously Backstabbers tends to get used as more of also as a, a cross-platform um, way that people can kind of come together, such as through the Nexus tournament and so forth, um, and then using Discord to kind of facilitate a lot of the communication. Um, what's been the response from people who've kind of been introduced to Backstabber using um, Nexus or that's anything like that? Have you heard any feedback on that at all? Um, I, I don't know a lot about what's going on with Nexus. So I, I am aware, like I do know uh, Ajax, I know you had him on a, a show previously, um, and he and I have been in, in communication. I know that, that um, Backstabber is part of what he does for Nexus. Uh, he's actually, he volunteered to be a, a mod for our Discord, uh, which I thought was great because I, <laughs> I don't have time for it. Um, but I, I'm not quite sure if it's, if, like, if it's facilitating anything I actually reached out to him after after you contacted me to see if he could give me some more insight, and I just haven't heard back. So it's possible that he's using some combination of like sandboxes and Discord channels um, to to play kind of games without being you know platform agnostic. But I'm I'm not sure how that would work. Um, I haven't really heard much from people who are coming in. Um, trying to the right way to say this. I guess when people reach out to me with feedback or questions, I don't get a lot of, uh, they don't typically give me information about where they came in from. And I haven't heard a lot about ingress points from, from Nexus, but you know, I, I know that uh, Ajax has put a lot of work into that, uh, him and his team. Um, and I know it's picking up in popularity, but unfortunately I don't have a lot more context than that. No, no, that, that's cool. Um, I, I was just, I was interested whether you had anything like that. Um, a couple of um, things just around the, the community that you do have, um, just as a question, because it's hard, in some of the other sites, there's actually, they kind of talk around about how many... ...publishing those stats, but uh, I kind of pulled up Google Analytics right before we got on the call, and, and uh, according to Google Analytics, we hover somewhere between um, ten and 12,000 uh, monthly active users. Gee, that's uh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, right now, it looks like on the site, we've got uh, a little over 430 active games in progress, uh -huh. um, which, you know, is, I think, slightly above uh, web dip and right around the, the play diplomacy levels. Um, one of the things that's, you know, so obviously we don't we don't publish stats and it's there's not any reason for that. We just haven't gotten around to it. But um, one of the things that's maybe not obvious to people is that we offer, I think, like most sites, public and private games, and the private games don't show up in any of the listings. Additionally, when you pull up a list of public games, we haven't introduced pagination and we only retrieve 100 results, so it may look like there's only 100 games going. Um, but we've got a we've got a pretty healthy split of both public and private games that are in progress, uh, and and also still in the forming state. So um, where do you I mean, obviously being developers, you guys like to build stuff. Um, where do you see things going in the future? Do you have any plans for, you know, anything to add value to the site? Uh, well, that's, that's an interesting question. I, you know, I think that, um, I, you know, I said earlier that uh, a lot of the other sites looked like they were, they were built by, uh, you know, um, diehard diplomacy fanatics who are not necessarily developers in their in their day job are kind of in the opposite situation in that we are uh, developers who have a, a passing interest in diplomacy. Um, the the other thing that's kind of changed over time is that, you know, we, we started the project 10 years ago, but since then there's been marriage and kids and, and uh, ever increasing jobs, but um, we do still work on it. Uh, in terms of the future, um, 
I'm trying to think of the, the simplest way to, to lay out the story. We're definitely, there's a lot of things that we're interested in doing and probably more things we're interested in doing than we'll ever have time to do. And this exact moment, we're kind of in the middle of a um, kind of an under the hood uh, platform migration. It's, it's hard to describe unless you're familiar with Python and Google App Engine and some other cloud stuff, but there's some there's a number of like architectural changes that we need to make it just in order to be able to kind of keep the lights on going forward. Um, but in the future, I know that we're we're interested in, in like we get a lot of questions about people who are interested um, in whether or not there's an API like a, a programmatic interface. Um, uh, we get people who are interested in like native mobile apps on iOS or Android, um, but those themselves would require an API interface that we haven't built yet. Uh, and we also get questions pretty frequently from um, various kinds of like data scientists and researchers who are interested in whether or not they can have access to our corpus of data to, you know, do statistical analysis against or use to, you know, train machine learning models or whatever. Uh, so over the course of these sort of architectural changes, we're trying to move ourselves more closely in a direction where we can start to migrate and become an, an API-based infrastructure, um, which would hopefully open the door to things like uh, mobile apps, but also possibly even open the door to third-party integrations. Um, you know, for example, one of the things that we thought about doing is our uh, adjudication engine is relatively standalone. Uh, and so we've, we, you know, <laughs> there's several people out there, uh, it's not uncommon on, on uh, Reddit or wherever to see people talking about building their own diplomacy site to to address the shortcomings they see in the current offerings. We thought about actually like opening up our adjudication engine and offering it to the people who want to build their own diplomacy sites. Um, and then similarly, you know, we're interested in maybe finding ways to take anonymized data and make it accessible uh, just, you know, for people who are interested in, again, analyzing the data and, and kind of learning about how diplomacy is played uh, writ large. Yeah, I'm kind of assuming you're familiar with the that project that came out of, I can't remember if it was the University of Montreal or something like that, that's obviously running at the moment on web disks or their, um, their bots that, you know, using all that data that's obviously been scraped across different games around different platforms. Um, yeah, yeah, I am familiar with it. I'm, I'm fairly certain, I believe that they were one of the ones who reached out to us at one point and we said, like, I would love to help you, but our... Um, the way that our data structure is not currently in a state where we can really effectively share it with you. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities there. You know, for example, in, in the, this is like, again, kind of a, a super long-term vague interest and we'll see if we get to it. But, you know, once we are, um, once we're able to get the data to a place where it's, um, we can sort of export a copy of it in a system that's, that's good for analytics and processing, uh, it would be really interesting to, you know, kind of, um, build on that bot concept, you know, use machine learning to analyze moves and then actually use that to fill in for um, maybe not like a single NMR, but you know, when a, when a player drops out altogether, uh, instead of just leaving the rest of the game in a lurch, it would be interesting to start using sort of machine learned trained data to, to give it at least a slightly better experience for the players who remain. Uh-huh. Um... So a couple of questions I've got just this message. Some of them are more esoteric questions. The actual spelling of backstabber. Um, why is there no E? Is that <laughs> What's the reason? Uh, yeah, well, I'm the reason. Um, so when we first you launched the site. <laughs> uh, well, I can spell. Um, <laughs> when we first launched the site, it was actually playdiplomacyonline.com. 
Uh, and I, I wound up not liking that for a couple of reasons. First off, it's very similar to Play Diplomacy Online, or sorry, sorry PlayDiplomacy.com. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it just didn't, it didn't stand out. It was long, um, and I just kind of, I wanted something that was a little bit more unique or distinct. And, it, it, you know, at the time, there were sites like Flickr and Imgur that were, that were pretty popular in my mind. And, and one of our, our key goals was to bring some, this was back in the time when people were still using the phrase Web 2.0, but we wanted to bring some Web 2.0 sensibility to the game. Uh, and so I, the reason I dropped the E was just to be more like Flickr and some of those other sites that had, you know, cheeky names. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I do apologize for my disparaging remarks around. Oh, and no, need, <laughs> no need to apologize whatsoever. I think it's funny. If anything, it's, it's hilarious because it's uh, anytime I am texting or or talking to someone about it in a digital format it's been it's that, that decision decision has come back to haunt me from an autocorrect perspective <laughs> um and in the in the section about the uh, about backstabber it mentions you, your base obviously in seattle and that you're you're a, a group of handsome but scurrilous rogues uh there's obviously a bit of a face-to-face -face scene going on in seattle whilst you have got a passing interest in in diplomacy do you and the other and your co-developers um do you play much face-to-face -face at all no, not really. I uh, I think I played one face-to-face -face game, and it was it was a pretty long time ago. Um, yeah, we're we're not particularly connected to that scene. Um, uh, you know, not that not that we're opposed to it, but it's it's you know, as I mentioned, we're sort of like uh, board gamers in general. And I think that that uh, at the time we started the project, diplomacy was the one that we were playing the most of. But um, you know, the the interests have, have rotated more than it's it's stuck. Okay. What just as a matter of interest, what do you? What type of games are you playing now? Uh, I mean, we play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, we used to have a regular, like a weekly or bi-weekly board game night where we had a, a rotating host of things like um, Arkham Asylum and uh, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm blanking all the names now. But again, as we've gotten older and gotten kids, some of that stuff's died down. Um, I say the primary board game I still play is Dungeons and Dragons, but we also still play. You know. I would say we're gamers in general as well, so we're we're still playing. I don't know. I'm into Destiny two <laughs> right now. Um, no correlation with diplomacy there. But. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, and, and do you play online much at all? You know, uh, funny enough, I think the side effect of running a diplomacy site is that it kind of caused me to stop playing online. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, I we we certainly were were playing a fair amount when we started, and then <clears throat> you know we continued to play. On the site, um, particularly when that you know, as it started to get some traction, people started to join. But it hit a, an inflection point where we were so kind of um, I don't know, it, just in the weeds in terms of um, you know understanding people's problems, trying to make things better, trying to make things you know improvements. That it it sort of like I won't say it killed the joy for us, but it just kind of took us out of that headspace, if that makes any sense. So uh, it, it's it's. Um, it's been an interesting side effect is that I, I think probably as a direct result of building the site, we, we play less diplomacy. It's kind of the usual irony that happens, isn't it? So, you know, you could, if you go to a, a builder's house, you know, there's usually the house that's falling down because they've never got time to spend on their own place and they can't be interested and bothered. <laughs> <They'd be terrible. laughs> yeah, when you're yeah. Being, you know, spending time looking after and managing, I suppose, a, a diplomacy site, you don't really feel like playing much yourself. Well, it's... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say it was it was you know um, 
it's funny because when you when you guys first reached out and were interested in having us on the podcast, I, I think my initial apprehension is like, great, now everyone's going to know that <laughs> we run this very large diplomacy site and we don't actually play the game very often. And <laughs> it's kind of kind of from some perspective an embarrassing state to be in. But uh, you know, like I said, it, it was it's one of the things that makes us uh, different, at least, is that. The, the pursuit or the, the the project has always been sort of like personal technical development driven for us and this just happened to be um a subject matter that kind of stuck with us and and you know we still we still continue to enjoy it we still i think you know like the game and like the community it just has not it, you know our relationship with it as a game has changed no that, that's fine and look I, I don't think you're actually unusual uh, I mean it's reasonably common knowledge that um, Ollie who runs VDIP um, doesn't actually play the game or he says he doesn't play the game mm-hmm. um, and I think when we interviewed Baron Von Powell who's you know a, a well-known developer of, of different um, variants I think he's only played one or two games of diplomacy in his life so <laughs> <laughs> It's really yeah. weird. Um, that's, good. But, that's good. That makes me feel included. I like that. Yeah, you, you, you're more normal. You're amongst an elite crowd. <laughs> um, and the final thing, unfortunately, I did have a question for you, uh, which I don't think you're going to be able to answer, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, in that section around Backstabber, you, you do mention that, you know, you guys, you know, coding is more fun when there's beer involved. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask a little bit about how does your beers compare to, you know, if, if you're kind of looking at the seven different countries around the board, you know, ha, ha, what is each country compared to a beer? But um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think the the subtleties will be kind of gone if you if you're not a regular player. So that's all cool. So, sorry, now you actually very you've intrigued me with the question. So like, what what country makes me think of what beer? Or well, yes, that's right. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a better. Maybe see, you should be the interviewer. You did a far better job than I did. I was rambled. <laughs> well, I think the primary reason that's hard for me is just that, I, you know, we live in the Pacific Northwest, which has a very specific beer culture uh, that is not represented on the diplomacy map. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, kind of the sweeter Belgian ales seems like it applies to Austria and and, and Germany. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm less familiar with the the beers and alcohols of of Europe. <laughs> I, I probably would like. Totally cool. Totally cool. Um, okay. Well, that's that's all I've got, John. Is there anything else that you wanted to um, leave us with? Any parting thoughts at all? Um. Well, I think I'm always short on parting thoughts. Uh, you know, I guess I'll say it's been it's been very uh, it's been great to see the the response to to backstabber from the community and, and the interest and the involvement in it. and uh, you know if anything I think we all apologize as developers that we don't have more time to spend on it I think that's a kind of a constant internal joke we have is that we feel bad for our users because they don't they don't realize <laughs> how, how little time we have to, to support them but we, we do still work on it um, I, the other thing I'll say is that uh, you know despite that sort of slow pace that I've been repeatedly joking about uh, you know we are still very interested in in feedback and, and what's useful to people. Um, the, the common sort of requests that we get are around more variants, more map variants, more rules variants, things like that. Um, but I, you know, I will say that I'm also very interested in sort of the ability to help connect diplomacy, the game in general, with different spaces. Um, you know, one of the reasons, for example, that we added Slack and, and Discord webhook integration was just to, to make it a little bit easier to um, let people have some flexibility and, and integrate the game um, with different ways of playing. 
Uh, I, I know that we're sort of used in, in some tournaments. For example, there's you know we're part of Nexus, and, and Chris Martin has used us to to uh, recap um, the face-to-face tournaments. Uh, but we're always, I think, open to hearing suggestions uh, about you know, n- new ways that we can sort of not just improve the, the core site or add a new rule, but actually, you know, find a way to make it easier to use for, for other people or in more settings. Um, I, I would say the, the, you know, the, the heart of what we were trying to do in terms of the game itself was, was make it easier to, to bring it to more people. Um, so, you know, please don't hesitate to send us the, the suggestions and, and we'll do our best. Awesome. And of course, anyone who's interested who doesn't know, obviously you Google Backstabber, but it's uh, backstabber.com, obviously without the E, as we said before. Um, and you guys have got a Twitter feed and probably a few other things as well. So, um, yeah, it's pretty easy to find you and it's pretty easy to get in there and start playing. So thank you for everything you've done for the community. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much. And we're back. Hey, we're back. <laughs> oh. Actually, Cheers. I think you need another beer. Well, you definitely need another beer because you spilled half of yours onto the ground. Yeah, let's see if I can get the uh, waitress at some stage to get me another beer. I might get another beer as well. Hi, can we get another uh, cider and another Little Creatures, please? Good table service. Yeah, it's not very often we go to a place with table service, is it? <laughs> no, if ever. Taking us 57 episodes to get the table service as well. <laughs> <laughs> Going up in the world, Kana. So what do you reckon about um, Backstabber and John's interview? Well, I just, there seems to be a common thread running across people we've interviewed who um, run diplomacy sites or programmed um, you know, elements of diplomacy sites or who develop variants for diplomacy. Yep. Um, and that, that common thread is that a lot of these guys... They do it for the love of the game, and then once they've done it, they sort of get a real kick out of watching it. Yeah. You know, and I get that. I totally get that. Um, you know, a couple of face-to-faces ago, and I'm sitting back, and I'm the, the game director, just watching people interact and play the game and come up to me and ask questions around, oh, is this a legitimate move, and yep. da-da-da-da-da. And it was, there's, a, there's actually quite a... You know, it's a good this good feel around watching people enjoy the scenario that you've created yeah so so for me I thought that was um, I know it just, it just seems common across the board that there seems to be this thread that joins these guys together no you're 100% correct I mean the fact that you know uh, John obviously and his crew they know the game they like the game they, they probably love the game but they don't they don't play it themselves too often, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, and that's not too dissimilar to Ollie at VDIP who says he doesn't play any games. It's the fact no, that. No, no. He doesn't play any games on VDIP. Oh, okay. He's got a private German server where he plays. German games? His game, yeah, he plays with. Other his, Germans? His German mates, yeah. Ah, das ist gut, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I did, okay, yes, I think he actually had mentioned that, but I've forgotten that. Um, but also, yeah, you think about Baron von Powell with the creation of 1900, who's played like hardly any diplomacy games. So it's, it seems to be this common thread of people who've got an interest and go, look, that's really interesting, that game. What can I do with that? They build something, and then, as you said, they kind of sit back and watch how others interact, and that's part of the fun. The fun oh, yeah, is well, actually watching other people having fun. 
test us over at WebDip. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know J-Mo jumps into a couple of games, but he's not a prolific player, not by any stretch, you know. So, and yeah. It's, even it's, even ourselves as variant developers, you know, who've actually... That's yours, by the way. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you've, you've, um, you've had hardly anything. I've eaten most of it. So you eat that one, you eat that little bit too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even though as a variant developer, it's actually really good when you kind of see people... When your game goes live, you know, sorry, your, your variant goes live, and then people start playing it, and you know, people, other like techno star must just get off on seeing other people playing, you know, Dividus Saints and Europa Renovatio, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I get a kick each time I see one of the variants which I've ported across people playing on Vita. Yeah, absolutely, get a kick on. You know, it's it's, it's a buzz. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and then yeah, as you said before, about the, the actual um, uh, what's it called the, the sandbox. I mean, the fact that that's being used in so many different ways, not only just for you know, at tournaments to be able to show the people around the wall can see what's going on in you know the top board, you know, yeah, um, or being able to go back and use it. I even used it. I think it was a, I think it might have been the last episode when we did our newbie segment talking around. No, it wasn't the last segment. It was the one before that talking about moves. And how to make certain moves, you know, what supports this, what breaks that, all those type of things. Where actually I use the sandbox to go back whenever we were just talking about concepts, like you know, oh, you know, Celestia goes to here and blah, and Warsaw goes to, and you know, they bounce or whatever. Yep. And I went, oh, okay, right. So I'll just go to the sandbox, recreate that, you know, move, yep. and yep. there you go. You can kind of shove it into the show notes. Show, show the show the image of it. Yeah. Um, or people use it just to be able to check moves in advance, whether it's a legal move. Yeah, so there was that discussion around um, using it sort of mid-tournament or as a tournament tool with John. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure about the capabilities of the actual Backstabber platform, but I was thinking there, was, there could be quite a lot of power in in that you could have a games director who's inputting the moves as they kind of happen on the board. Yep. And on people have a tablet of the board. And or their then phone. When the, when the, sorry? Or their phone. Or on their phone. And when the game director updates the turn, everyone's tablet or phone sort of updates in real time. So they don't have to, sorry, they don't have to hit a refresh button or anything like that. You can't do that? I'm not sure. Yeah, so I was thinking like that Web 2.0 kind of space. Wasn't Web 2.0 like about 20 years ago? Oh, Web <laughs> Web 2019 space. Yeah. <laughs> Probably up to 2020 you get now. It. Web 2020. So anyway, so that was really really cool. Um, Ready to move on to something else? You want to talk about Around the Grounds, our current games, or you want to talk about something else? No, let's move on to Around the Grounds. You've got a little bit of water on your phone, by the way. There you All go. Right. Did a week. Um, so, I believe that we're in a couple of games together, both of which I think are anonymous. Kicking butts. Hmm. This is a game that I kind of invited Kana to join, as well as obviously anyone else who wanted to join. Deliberately made it anonymous, so that and we could stab each other without knowing if we were stabbing each other or not. Gunboat and I have absolutely no idea who you are. And I have no idea who you are. Thank you, Tom. 
So, um, I can't remember what year we were up to in that one. Not very far. 1992? Three? 1902. Without giving anything away. Um, Trying to make sure oh, I don't look I, I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not being. I'm not being attacked by anyone at this stage. Although, oh, okay, to good. start off with, I thought maybe I was. So right. I just kind of attacked. No, I've got a. I've got an annoying fly on one of my borders. Oh right. Yeah. Pesky fly. Pesky fly. <laughs> How about yourself, Andy? Um. I'm currently not being attacked, but a particular player's moves, uh, the type of moves that you would make before attacking me. Oh. <laughs> so what do you think that player's going to do? Attack me. Attack you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, but that player probably isn't aware of uh, my other units that can block that, because, because of the, this is a fog of war. Classic oh, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So there's certain things they can see, certain things they can't see. Um, so they probably wouldn't be aware that yeah, I can kind of block that. But that can only last a certain period of time before then they can probably work a way around that. Right. So is it kind of like an all-in attack by this player? Do you think? Oh, I think it's a reasonable degree of commitment in that particular attack. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, We'll see how that one goes for that flyer. Watch the space. Yeah, yeah. And um, meanwhile, so I've kind of got a couple of options in another theatre where I can pick... I have to choose between one of two players I'm going to attack if I choose to attack there, just to be able to pick up a supply centre because I think both units are unsupported and I'm in a position where I've got two units bordering those two SCs. So I can maybe go for one or go for the other one. Uh, and I'm hopeful that they're not supported, but I can't see what's behind them. But I reckon they're not supported. It's the joy of fog of war. All right, moving on. We can't talk about anything more without anything like giving it no. away. Hey, no, what we could say, is it one of your favourite countries or not? On a classic map? I don't know, I'm, getting, I'm going through this real position at the moment. I'm not really sure what my favourite country is. Okay. I'd say I don't mind playing this country normally. Okay, okay. Me, um, it's not my least favourite, it's not my most favourite, middle of the line favourite. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yep. And uh, we're also in the uh, Cry, God, Cry God for Harry game, but again, this is an anonymous game. Um, I'm doing okay, I'm still growing. Nowhere near as fast as I went through a bit of a, um, uh, a bit of an explosive growth phase. But that's really kind of slowed down. Yeah. Well, I've gone through an explosive um, de-expansion phase. <laughs> or a, a de-expansion? A, 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 an, you mean... An uh, implosion of my territories. Uh-huh. Um, How's that going for you? Well... Not the good, I'd imagine. Look, I'm totally beholden to the people around me at this stage. If I'm in the game, I'm in. If I'm not then that's the end. Goodbye. So we'll wait and see. These next two seasons will be the decider as to whether or not you survive or not. I survive or not. So how... how... Okay, we'll we'll leave it like like that. We'll see how that one goes. Um, 
other other games. So I don't know what other games you're in at the moment. Anything else? You're in a couple of other Europa things. Mm. Actually, I wanted your advice about one of them. Um, in the one where you're about to get kicked out of. Oh yeah, the one that I'm almost dead in. Yep. Yeah. Them down to mm. hardly anything you left. Yeah. Probably not the good idea to ask me for advice based on that gameplay, but sure. Well, look, we can't really talk about this one on. on I think this case. is the one. This is the one where we um, talked about. I'm in the south and you're in the north, isn't it? Yeah, and they were a long way away from each other. Yeah, and we, and we know this. Um, so we'll we'll have this discussion off off tape as to getting advice from you as to just particularly where I ought to be focusing my attention on in the near future. Um, I'm in two other Europa Renovatio games and I kind of joined those two other ones on a whim and I haven't really paid much attention to them. Yeah. And I just kind of open them up when it comes up to the 12 hour mark to go for the orders and just sort of enter in some random ones. Oh, I think this might work, this might work, this won't work. And they've both been doing really well. Are they gunboat now, as well? They're both gunboat. Right. Now, I was wondering if this is something about this in my in my psyche, as to whether or not if I, if I have a game and I obsess over a game, I become more attached, like I get attached to that game, right? Maybe, maybe if I detach myself from the care factor yeah. and just play it as a as an abstract as a whimsy it, type of as thing. a whimsy so the two games which I'm playing as a whimsy I'm doing quite well in so I'm, okay. I'm just not sure um, that's an interesting yeah it's just, it's just an interesting one so I don't know maybe, maybe in the next game I join I just join and play as a whimsy and see how that works out because I don't know maybe 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 that's my play style happy go lucky Kano <laughs> plays off actually does well so that's yeah. interesting because like I mean I get very attached to some of my games yep. so I think like for example in one of my games which is the uh, the American Fun Boat game um, a little baby in the background there sorry about that post. Um, in the American Fun Boat game where I was kind of doing okay but then someone stabbed me like one of my allies and I've become very bitter around that and trying to be very vindictive towards him okay and um, eh. Do you hold, should you hold a grudge this is the question you know, is, is, is the, I don't know. I mean, it's a human game. But is holding the, a grudge the best way forward to do well? No, I'm not going to do well in that, but it makes me feel a little bit better that I'm just throwing... <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm making it harder for him just because he stabbed me. That's perfectly legitimate. Okay, how are you going with the other American one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Undivided States game. Look, that's a... Um, You've been asking for a while about it, so you reckon it's going to be going into the end game and going, no, 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 playtime. I reckon it might actually start to heading into the end game now. Okay. So there's been a very much a dynamic switch that's occurred. Um, just trying to turn the microphone that way a little bit more. Yep. Um, there's been a bit of a dynamic switch that's occurred, which I reckon has worked out really, really well as a mechanism to try to draw the game to a conclusion. Yeah, I've been observing this one, and... I can definitely see why you're saying. Because you've worked out who I am. So yeah, I've worked okay. out who you are now. Um, how are we going on time, Andy? Uh, we have about 15 minutes until we have to wrap things up for the um, to get over to the, the game. And we're coming back to this, aren't we? We're going to do a um, 
We'll do, we'll do a post post game post game wrap up wrap up yeah. Yep. I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit around uh, anything else? Like we've got that um, ongoing UB um, guide that we've been progressively pumping out. Do you want to spend a, a little bit talking around that for a while? And we've got a Patreon discussion post. Yep. To add to this. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll do the Patreon I'm, thing when we're drunk. I'm thinking it. Yeah, because that seems to be what. Yeah, they like that. They like that. Yep. Um, I, I'm thinking it might be worthwhile watching how some of the newbie play occurs in the face-to-face game and then tailoring our discussion around what it is that we've reserved so we can kind of talk about the game and some newbie play in that space. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thanks. Um, that and I'm kind of lazy because I haven't pre-thought exactly about anything any scenarios around what to talk about what to talk about for our newbie segment okay well fuck off that's a terrible call um yeah so you're you're 100% correct so how about we kind of hold over the newbie segment till next time yeah actually that'll be our Christmas show won't it well I'm happy to talk about our newbie segment while we're blotto but as to how (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) well how about um, so in which case, the uh, only other things really kind of talk about. Um, <laughs> one thing we're looking at doing coming up, I think, is this concept of having a brains trust. So oh, yeah. players yeah, who yeah, are yeah, far yeah. better than us weighing in on issues. So whether we do that as a interview, as a one-off thing, or we do it as a semi-regular thing. So this is like with the, the you know, the elite player or players on like play dip, feed dip, web dip even try and rope in a couple of face-to-face players perhaps. Like, well I thought about that but I don't know if that changes it too much and whether it becomes too much of a talk fest because you're going to have like even if you got like a face-to-face leading player that's like four people and then what do we do? We're supposed to we just sit back and just occasionally throw in Oh yeah okay <laughs> we're, we're, we're not the brains trust are we? No we're not the brains trust. But we need to kind of organise that so I've actually, I've, I've spoken to and organised I think the top three players across all of those sites Oh exciting Yep, I think top three. Maybe depends on how you count it, but close to the top three. If they're not number one, they might be number two. So we just need to organise a date. Because I think the number one player in VDIP never got back to me despite constant prompting because he never turns up. Sidepeg, he's only like there once every six months. But he wouldn't still be the number one player because there's been a. Um, they've changed the code in that. Yeah, but he turned up. No, he has to play a game. He turned up, he played a game. Oh. He's gone back into being number one again. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> oh, I see. Gaming so, the syst- gaming the uh, the rankings. Oh, he's a clever, he's a clever, clever one. Yeah, he did, obviously yep. he didn't want to uh, participate in this, but that's fine. That's, uh, no one's going to kind of, you know, force him to do so. So, um, so I think we're going to number two in VDIP, but we've got the number one ranking in ghost ratings over at WebDIP and yep. the number one at... Played it. Oh, excellent! Yeah. So I think that'll be really, really good. Um, they've all said yes. What we actually, what we need to do is, I think we, you and I, need to get online with them to talk around format and how to make the thing run. And the hard part, I think, is actually going to find a time to record. Different parts of the world, eh? Yeah, because we're in Australia. There's players in America, and then there's one in Europe. Well, it might be best just trying to find a time that's good for Europe and America and then we just fit into it. 
Yeah, not if it's like 3 a.m. <laughs> as a once off. Um, yeah, that is a regular thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah I, I need my beauty sleep. Yeah. Look, I'm sure we can make it happen, folks. We can, we can. You know, we might not be the number one players of diplomacy in the world. No, far from it. I'm us. sure we can figure out time zones. Yeah, they've got websites that let us do that. <laughs> Hopefully. So, um, what do you reckon, Kane? You reckon we wrap this one up? And yeah, then wrap this up. I want to show you this. Um, get my get advice, your advice on, on this, and then off, it's off, off tape. Yep, and there's probably time to skedaddle to to the game. To the game. So, hopefully, when we come back next time, one of us would have soloed the board. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go, and we'll probably be a little bit slurry, perhaps. All right, Slurrier. guys. Talk to you later. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. Oh, we're back for a moment. So um, I just wanted to share something with Kana. So we started going through his game where he's arguing about one particular... Is this country that country or is that country the other country? And it's really hard to tell on a bloody Europa Renovatio map. Yep. But in doing so, I, I want to bring up to kind of disprove him something, which of course I'd like to do. And I saw that there was a, a message that came through on that World War II Global Boogaloo game because I'd mentioned... Oh, oh that's look, right, you finished. That's finished recently. Because that's yeah. finished. Yeah. And I wanted to say, you know, we'll talk a little bit about it on the podcast. And I forgot to actually really talk about it. Yeah, you did. Okay. So a couple of things. First up, this particular game really shitted me off because I wanted it to finish. Because once you told me, I don't know, six months or more ago that this game actually was an unrated game and that I, that I shouldn't have bought into the bloody thing because I'm so precious about my rating. I thought, ah, I just wanted to wrap, to finish up. So I was really, really keen because they seem to be dead. All the players, like Japan, um, sorry, Japan, Portugal and Germany were really, really dead keen to kill United States off. Right. And I thought, okay, great. Let's kill off the USA and then we can draw. And then that didn't happen. And instead, everyone started attacking... Oh, sorry. First off, you got your random, you know, fifth Thailand. Actually, it wasn't the fifth Thailand. It was the fourth Thailand. There never was a fifth Thailand. Yeah, I hang my head in shame on this one. But, yeah. But when the the, the fourth Thailand started prodding his ally... Japan. Then, then obviously, everyone decided, let's keep killing Thailand, which then meant it was easier than to kill Japan, which got it down to the final three. Okay, so who are the final three? The final three was Portugal, Germany, and Turkey. And I was Turkey. Bravo. So this was an anonymous game. Yep. Sorry, we've forgotten about talking about this. My, my bad. So um, I did pretty well, but both Portugal and Germany were by far the head. I think they were about 49 supply centres each, whilst I was about 27 or something like that. Yeah. So there was a real risk on my part that if they wanted to continue the game going... And if they wanted to partner together, I could be pretty much out of the game. Yeah. However, sanity prevailed and a three-way draw occurred. So people just were happy to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really, really great. And in doing so, I said, oh, look, I'll have to talk about this, obviously, on the... Um, and by the way, I am really, really glad this game finished because I wanted this game to finish so long ago once I found out it was, it was unrated because it frees up my time now to put into another game. Yeah. And I said, look, I'm sure we'll be talking about this in the upcoming podcast episode we're recording on the weekend. And I went, what's, what's this podcast thing all about? So um, 
I sent them the links and everything like that. They've got one of them, at least one of them's gone back and started listening to the show and gave me some comment, which I expected to be comment on the game. Okay. Yeah. And, and my interpretation of the game. Okay. So this is Portugal. And so I should mention the game, the players that we were playing here. Portugal on VDIP was uh, Rance Stoddard. Yep. And uh, Germany was Steampunk Shogun. Okay, all right. Good on you guys. Good on you guys. So anyway, I expected him to talk about this. He said, I went and checked out the podcast out. It looks great. But I feel the need to point out, as a Floridian, that the panhandle is the horizontal part. (laughs) Steampunk Shogun will support me here. I'll go further and argue... I'll go further and argue against the existence of vertical panhandles at all. But this is more a radical position. <laughs> I'm not going to live this one down. We're going to rock up. Sorry, uh, Kane had knocked over the recorder. He was getting so animated and excited there. Tell me, you're the one who doesn't know panhandles. I'm going to have to live that one down. Argue that, well, hang on, if you look at America as a whole, where would the logical spot to put a panhandle be? Oh no, here we go again. Anyway, not, not saying anything more than that. <laughs> Very good. So we'll, we'll wrap up again, um, and we'll come right. back after the game. Right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. And this is our regular after-game haunt, Andy. It is, and today we're joined by Lola. Hello. Who just won the game. Well, <laughs> well got, you... got the most amount of supply centres. Yes. How did you enjoy it? Uh, that was great fun. Um, not sure about the victory though. Had a little bit of help there. <laughs> Going little? in the, in the last year from five supply centres to ten. Mm. <laughs> well, with a little help from your friends, like it, it, a little bit of help there. Um, I was wondering in, in the game, was there any points that you felt that things could have turned out differently? Like like there were moments in that because you you drew Austria right and. You're in, you know, you're in the Balkans area, and being new, relatively new to the game, what are some of the things that you thought to start off with that you um, thinking about the game that we just played? You would have done differently, or could have things would have changed the whole direction of it. Well, I was really hoping to divide that empty section between Turkey, and I thought we could do that. So you played as Austria? Yeah, I played as Austria. And I thought that we could divide that section fairly, and, you know, with somebody I'd never played with before, I thought that we could work out nicely and be a good start to the game with some supply stations and everything would be great. He wasn't having a bar of that, and that kind of threw me a little bit. Okay, so that, that's um, that's the division between Greece, Romania, Bulgaria... Mm. You know, Serbia, yep. that, that whole area turns into a bit of a nightmare. Quite and, and Tristan, who tends to draw Turkey far too often, is a rather aggressive player in his style. He wants to keep growing. Yeah, at, 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 and at, at, not necessarily at other, not necessarily supporting other people in the process. Yeah, which kind of led to his downfall a little bit, eh? Yes. I could have left that area alone and gone north instead. Maybe? Into, well, the, into yeah. Russia and to me. After the first two years, perhaps. Yeah. Yep. So, Amber, you drew Russia. And, Tony, you got Italy. I drew Italy. And I was, I was really happy that 
Loloma and I were able to um, be friendly in that space. Like there, there was no um, animosity between us in regards to the the traditional Venice Trieste standoff. Right, we were able to um, negotiate like friendly terms in that space, and um, that went well. Only we had we had Germany decide to do some sort of weird reverse Tyrolean chicken on us. Um, I thought you guys knew about all that. Though. No, uh, no, no. Uh, I thought you knew about it coming down to Tyrolia, and I, I assume maybe you didn't. Well, I had no came. idea. Otherwise, I'd have bounced in Tyrolia. Yeah, no, that's okay. I had no idea. Like, I would have bounced him in Tyrolia if I thought he was going to try and attack Venice. Like, that was, like, a really bizarre... And thank you for supporting me in Venice, by the way. You're welcome. You, know, you, you kept me alive. You kept me alive. Now, our other two main protagonists of the game were... Oh, yes. Our, our, our mighty duo, <laughs> Ty and Beth. They both... They drew neighbours again. England They've always drawn neighbours. We need, to, we, need to, we need to break that up. We need to break that up. We should put one England and one... Turkey or Austria or something. Yeah, right, right. England and Austria. Yeah. Anyway, so conspirators, thick as thieves, and they were doing quite. They did quite well, hey. And they didn't stab each other like they usually do. Ty always stabs her. Yeah, and then she stabbed like the knives come out and she stabs back. Yeah, but she, they didn't really. They seemed to have. They, they had these little pretense stabs, I think. Were they pretense stabs or were they real stabs? Oh, there was that one where they took. Um, did Ty take? Yeah, he took Edinburgh. Yeah. And he took London and Denmark in one. So Ty was France and Beth was England. Yeah. Yes. She didn't look very happy about that. Yeah, but she kept going of, you know, still working with him. Oh. Yeah. It nearly worked out for them. So. Well, it nearly did. If it wasn't for the conspiratorial nature where we just threw supply centres at you. Yeah, yep. <laughs> just to spite them so that they didn't kind of have come first. That was hilarious, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you noticed, Kana, that like all the way through the game, you know, Ty's got this big beaming smile, like, <laughs> jibes here, jibes there. And like after these, the final orders were read at the last, very last turn, he's like very quiet, very subdued. It's like... <laughs> Oh, I don't mind. I don't mind. No, it's okay. This is no big deal. No, I'm pretty happy-go-lucky. It's fine. It's okay. He um after that big stab that he did, that he took, he took um, supply centres of Germany. He took supply centres of England. He sidles up to me later and he goes, "I'm happy now. We can finish the game." <laughs> <laughs> Were there any moments in the game alone for yourself that you thought, yep, I'm happy to finish it at this point? Or was it just like, oh, just that little bit more, could I? Uh, I really wanted to take Turkey off the board. Yep. Because <laughs> I and didn't know Tristan, I'd never met him before, and he wasn't supporting me, and I just wanted to follow through on that. Yeah, you wanted to, get, you wanted to erase him. I remember you, you did come to me <laughs> and said, okay... I don't mind what, how this works, I just want to get rid of Turkey. <laughs> that was after multiple attempts to sort of come to some kind of an agreement. And sure. every time he did the opposite. And I think at one stage when I was talking to you about, like, oh, we were saying, I was talking about some idea of working together with Turkey, and you go, no, no, I'm not talking to him. <laughs> no, no, this one talked to me, and I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Andy? What's, like, you, you were playing Russia. Yep. 
And you obviously had um, more connection with Germany and England than myself or the Loma. Yeah. Um, What's going on in the north of the board? Because it was, me, it was, kind it of was a very interesting because I kind of made it clear to both Austria and Turkey earlier. I want to play a northern game mm. as Russia, yep. and that was my plan. I said to you all the way along. I said, "I'm just interested in Romania. That's it." Up until the point that then Loma denied me taking <laughs> Romania. Yeah. Now, what, what's the go with there? Why did you choose? And to then my whole game changed. I got drawn into the south and ended up becoming <laughs> best buddies with Beth as England to divvy up. Scandinavia hmm. and everything was going really great there until she stabbed me and then she turned to me later and said now you know how it feels <laughs> holding a grudge because that's oh, what I did to her all the time I stabbed her and this time she stabbed me so, so, so know. what happened there why did you why did you um, deny Ambi remaining oh, I thought you were going to take it in the first turn and you didn't and then I went no. oh yeah I went it by the end of the year I didn't want a season because I had to, had to bounce. I had a coordinated bounce with Turkey in the Black Sea, so I couldn't take it straight away. See, I had, I thought I had some level of support from Turkey, so I was going to try and, you know, follow through on the plan with Turkey. I thought it could be. I'm sorry, I've got to run. That's good. Cool. Thank you very much. All right. See ya. And thanks for the game. Thank you for the game. See you next year. Have a good Christmas. Same to you. Thank you. Bye. So, it was a good game. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Which was the year? It was 1902, where things just went to pop. And, okay, um, and the great thing about this particular game is that you um, put every single set of orders and moves into Backstabber. I did. As so we, we can share the link yep. for this as part of the uh, show notes. Now, actually, there, there was one thing that happened in, in the game where I accidentally hit roll back to the previous season. Right. And at that stage, in the, in the in the heat of things, it would have been really useful to have a button that I could have pressed that goes, oops, go forward. As it was, I had to re-enter all of the orders from the previous season right, okay. to catch us up to the season that would be I remember that. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. that time. Um, but you're right, everything went to hell, but hell and a Everything went to shit. Hell, hell in a handbasket. Hell in a handbasket. That uh, yeah, um, fall 902, when literally everyone attacked Russia, not Russia, everyone attacked Germany all at once, yes. not necessarily knowing that everyone was going to be attacking Germany. <laughs> yeah, so everyone was doing side deals to attack Germany. So I was in the Baltic Sea as Russia. England was in Denmark, and I managed to convince uh, Beth as England to support me from Baltic Sea into Kiel, whilst at the same time, Thai as France moseyed on into a vacant Munich, which left... And, and at that stage, you know, there was nothing left for Germany except one supply centre, which was Berlin. So, like, after two game years, he was down to one supply centre. And I felt really, really sorry for... Sh- for uh, Sean because he yeah. was like moping around in the not moping around the corner but he was quite dejected <laughs> and I saw value in keeping him in the game and other players did as well yeah. instead yep. of some players wanted to cut his throat yeah no there was a couple of players who wanted Ty to Ty particularly wanted to cut his throat <laughs> yes. he was really pissed that I didn't do that but anyway look I think I think it's time for the training wheels to actually come off for the next game if we don't have any new players. Right. Um, there was a couple of times, there, there was a specific season, I think I was talking to you 
at that time and I showed you this is what I really want to do. Yes, and actually we should mention that we actually had, ended up having only seven players. So our yes, third yeah. female player didn't actually turn up, which is a shame, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, we just played a normal classic game, which is still fantastic. So yeah, there was a point that you pulled me aside and said, what do you reckon about these orders? And that was when you were talking about stabbing Austria. Oh, I came very close to stabbing Austria. You were so close, you could have taken yep. two supply centres, bang like that. And it would have ended up with three. Um, and I would have been a really, really good position to um, to go forward there. Okay, so this is when Turkey had come to me and said, I really wanted to get rid of well, Turkey. Um, Austria had come to me and said, I really want to get rid of Turkey. Yep. And I was like, okay, all right, so I'll see where that goes. And it was actually the autumn 1904 where I could have easily walked into Trieste, walked into Vienna unopposed, yep. and have been supported. Support yourself into Smyrna. And I would have hit three. Austria would have been disadvantaged. Turkey was in, would have been in the doldrums. France otherwise engaged in the north. Russia, you know, doing its thing, being invaded from the north by England. Yeah. That, that, that would have been... Had I been, in a, had I been in an actual, like a... In a tournament, yeah. I would absolutely have done that. Yeah. But I felt that there was more fun to... A, there was more fun in the game to... To, to move to Piedmont, which was the um, the line that shall not be crossed by oh, yes. um, by Ty. Ty yeah. was very, very. So as he was France, you were Italy. There seemed to be this DMZ between North Africa, Western Med, Gopalion, and Piedmont, which is like if anyone, if you, if you stand in there, it's it's game on. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and we agreed to that at the start of the game. Um, and for the most part, you know, I, I, I give it to him. You know, I moved to Piedmont. Um, but he was on, like, nine supply centres whilst the closest person was, like, at five or something. And then you yeah. build a fleet in Naples and whatever. But, but you couldn't get any traction into... You couldn't break into the Western Med. He was able to bounce you at some stage from Mid-Atlantic, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Um, but that, that's OK, because he sort of moved to Piedmont. You know, if I'd played my car, if I was being more ruthless, I would have... I would have stabbed Austria, taken those supply centres, and then gone hardcore against France because Austria would have not been in any position to really. It would have been interesting to see that. how the game would have changed then, because not only would you have not only would you have attacked Austria, but also Turkey, which would have kind of crippled that area a bit more. Well, it would have it would have put you and I into As a much more. Stronger position, stronger to, position to divide that area up. Yeah. Yeah. So if we were actually looking to remove players from the game, that would have been when to have done it. Really. Yep. Yeah. Still, having said that, you know, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed everything about this particular game. It has highs and lows. It had. Um, I think everyone got a little bit of a bit, bit of backstabbery in you know? it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, everyone, everyone got to sharpen their knives a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I think. Did anyone not get backstabbed badly? I think the only one who didn't get backstabbed badly was Ty, apart from the fact that, you know, we threw a whole heap of supply centres towards Lord Loma so that she won. That wasn't really a backstab, but... Yeah, that was that was more like snatching victory from the jaws of... What is that? Snatching... She, he was... He had... He had 
victory and then we snatched it off it and gave it to the Lionel. Snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Snatching defeat no, from the jaws of victory? But that doesn't work. Like he was a yeah, oh, but, you know, he didn't snatch yeah, it. Yeah, we yeah, snorted it. Yeah. Snorted. Fuck. We have had a couple of beers. Which makes the game more fun as we go along. Oh, I tell you what, I think you and I were the only ones that were drinking a lot of beer. I think you and I were drinking lots of beer. And, like, others weren't, and it, I think it showed. <laughs> that being said, I can't remember who it was, but it was at least one player, maybe two, who kind of said, oh, Kane is really good at this strategy thing. And I said, are you sure? sure. <laughs> Because <laughs> not in the games that I'm in with him, he's always getting, he's always getting shafted. Well, that's kind of like a backhanded compliment to everyone who's ever played me and has won. Yes, yes. Um, I actually think it's a generational thing. I think that the younger generation aren't drinking as much. It's not so much as part of the culture. Yeah, see, like, I think you're probably right, actually. You know? Yeah. Like, Some old pisses like us. Like when I was when I was twenties and I played games, there would be even if it was like you know Carcassonne or Settlers of Catan or whatever it was. Yeah. There's always several bottles of wine involved. You know? I mean. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get together with a games group and not get drunk together playing games. Whereas now, I just, I just feel like people slightly younger than my age and a little bit younger than you. And a lot younger than me, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm trying to be polite about this, but you know, they'll, they'll get together, they'll play the games, you know, but they'll have a cup of tea and a cup of coffee, and, and they don't generally get as Face as I remember getting playing games. Anyway, I mean that's fair. Not sure if we could use that to our advantage in Thailand with the World Diplomacy Championship. Well, I think the advantage you know, over years in Thailand years of, um, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. Yep. So they're going to drink yes. to keep up their thirst. And we'll have a. We'll be piss fit. We'll be piss- <laughs> <laughs> and they won't. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, humidity piss fit too. You know, there's, yeah. a, there's a difference between being piss fit, dry piss fit, you know, and in a in a cold, wet environment, to being piss fit in a <laughs> in a hot, humid environment. It's a different type of drunk. So, so we're gonna we're gonna win WDC twenty twenty one. Is that what you say? One is gonna come first. One is gonna come second. Well, Top given, given the um, given the cost of alcohol in Thailand in the first place. I can see myself shouting rounds for people to get ahead. I, I, I can see. Yep. 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 That's definitely a potential. And I did a bit of that to a certain extent today. I had a bit of Pringle diplomacy going on with Lorena. <laughs> Pringle diplomacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. Oh, she had she had some Pringles and she offered me a couple of Pringles, and then later on I bought some Pringles and I returned back to her a couple of Pringles. <laughs> Everything gets counted in a game of diplomacy. Nothing's quite for free. No, that's right. Mm. Now, there was another thing we were going to talk about 
after the game. There was a Patreon session. No, we'll, yeah. we'll do the Patreon session in a tick. Right. But there was something else we are going to talk about. Wasn't it going to be the, the newbie guide, but we decided we were going to be too drunk to be able to do that? Because we're old and we just get drunk. The newbie guide? Yeah, yeah. All right. Do you think we should do newbies or not worry about newbies? We'd hold newbies over for another time. I think we hold newbies over. I think that's probably a wise thing. Mm. We have to work out what's the next thing to talk about with newbies. Um... Maybe a good newbie one is, you know, if you're German, you don't attack Italy for some strange-ass reason. You know, like, seriously. I was thinking it once... Without telling Austria what you're doing. You know, like, at least, I mean, seriously, if if you want to attack Italy as Germany, (laughs) would you not at least gear it up with Austria and let them know so that Austria doesn't freak out when you move through their territory on their way to attacking Venice... I can see it working, but only if Austria was involved on the game. And even then, it's not as good as, you know, just taking fucking Holland in the first place. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, doing something... It must have been... I, I was thinking something similar to that as well. When I drew Russia, I thought, do I go full force on Germany or something like that? Oh, yeah. But... Uh, it didn't quite work out that way. Yeah, you, I mean, you did once, back he, on once I saw him starting to go in and attack you, I thought, eh, good bloke. <laughs> just let him do that. Just let him do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let him get tangled in the south for some strange-ass reason, like you need another country down there. Now, you were going to try something strange. You said you were going to try something different. Yeah, but it didn't happen. But what was the thing you were going to try? Um, I had a certain plan to attack Germany but because of what was going on in the, in the south I ended up not doing it yeah. so yeah. Yeah. yeah and it didn't really matter anyway because Germany was you know <laughs> self-destructing himself yeah yeah, yeah. On, on the ropes by you know that that autumn 902 or fall 902 yeah, well, you you extend yourself in the game. You leave yourself open to other players around you. But you don't communicate with the people that matter to make that work prior to it happening. I guess there's a discussion to be had about telegraphing your intentions. Don't you think there's a discussion around that? But I don't know if there's a newbie discussion, is it? Well, it's something you have to learn pretty quick if you play in face of court. Like, I think I mean, we need if you're to going to try for something you know unique and different. Right. Don't you think so I think what a... we need is actually like we need to break down communication and negotiation as a concept, and what are the components of that? So yeah. it might be a multi-part newbie bit. Yeah, components of oh, who needs to know what or something like components of. Hey, how's our um, how's your presidential campaign going? Oh, look, I'll tell you about it when my um, my glass is getting a bit empty at this stage. Right. Shit. You're still thirsty, are you? Are you? <laughs> well, I was expecting you to get schooners rather than pints, but I'll keep it's pushing really on. Quick. Um, I really don't want to kind of just skull that really, really quickly just so we can talk about this. No, no, no. My presidential campaign is going along Have you got any new planks? 
My next plank. My next plank. Alright. My next plank is Silence. <laughs> Can I make a suggestion no, as no, your okay, vice presidential okay, candidate? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now we all know that America's got a ma- American government's a major, major debt problem. It does too. Yeah. It, it does, does too. Yeah. And it costs a lot of money to run a military force the size of the United States. Right. Privatising. So, no, 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 no. I was thinking maybe what we need is we just need to kind of get rid of the air force and focus entirely on armies and navies. And the Space Force. No, I'm going like diplomacy themed here. No, but there's a Space Force as well. Okay, we'll get rid of them too. Why? Because you only have armies and navies on a diplomacy board and we're a diplomacy themed presidential campaign. Yeah, but you're looking at the map from space. (laughs) And which one's a pan? (laughs) Okay, so you're on the map in space. Looking down. Well, how else? I mean, I mean, you're too high over Europe to really see it all from the aeroplane. It's got to be taken from a satellite. Yes. Space force. So, you're, you're, so, so you're talking about on a, a normal diplomacy game, yep. you need to have armies, yes. navies, and Space satellites. <laughs> or, if you're playing Fog of War, you don't have the satellite, do you? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... No space force if you're into fog or war, but otherwise you need a you need a satellite. So we're getting rid of the air force, but we're going to keep the space force. Yeah, which is really just the a the satellite. Sky. Yeah, the one map. single satellite in the <laughs> over over the over the map. Yeah, the map. Because <laughs> I reckon we get rid of the air force, that'll save a lot of money. I reckon, and we don't need them in 1901. I reckon privatising the um, the army. Right. So yep. Yeah, okay. They get. They get. This is very right wing of you. <laughs> no, they get a stipend. You know, you get paid for you know being part of the army and the air defence force. However, you have to pay for your food. You have to pay for your alcoholic drinks. But you can drink. You know, I mean, I'm not saying you can't. But you know, you works its way back in. Right. In fact, in fact, you could have the American flag, and underneath it, you could have Heineken, and sponsored by McDonald's, right? And if you, if you buy your food at McDonald's, you get a discount when you're on the army base. I mean, you can discount. You could discount by offering corporations. Put into the conflict zones of the world. Doesn't that happen already? Yeah, I know. Yeah, come on, you. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon we're going to we're going to really seriously think about this. Um, you have to think about my plant, my planks. You need to think about your planks because at the moment we're not doing very well. No, we're not I, I, I haven't seen us poll very well at all. <laughs> we're we're polling up the we have point zero 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 one. And, and, and you know, that. we're not getting many donors to the uh, our presidential campaign. Yeah, no. Um, oh, what about this? Every every town I knew you were gonna slam that glass into the <laughs> table. <laughs> and I have to fucking edit all that noise out. 
every, every every town. I oh, know you got the finger now going on the every table. town and village and city and suburban city is mandated to have a blimp landing zone. So we're pro air force, and to but maintain a blimp. No, any pro air force, but pro blimp. Yeah. Nah, this isn't going to work. There's no force behind a blimp. This is like transport it just goes at a leisurely pace. Yep. So everyone's every 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 I location's think I have to got all this shit out. <laughs> they're, they're moving it's across. crap. <laughs> it is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. So let's come up with some reasonable um, planks. Reasonable planks for the presidential campaign because we've just removed all that crap that we just went on about for 10 minutes. Right, yeah, because it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, a reasonable plank would be to mandate learning diplomacy in geography. Yes. In year 10. Yep. There we go. There we go. I think we can get behind that. that that's a fundamental plan to my diplomatic reform of the uh, education system. Anyway, so we're a, we're a non-party of education. No. That would be good. I mean, you could, you could do you know, like your geography, your, you know, your, your, your civics around your history, that. Your, your history. Your history. science and shit. Yep. I think it's a winner. I think people could get behind diplomacy in the classroom. I think that's a good call. Until the little tykes start pulling out their knives and actually literally stabbing each other. Then we're like, nah. Yeah, then we're a bit of a problem. Yeah, no. That's, a, that's a separate like, plank. Um, you know, children of the corn kind of space. Yes. So, um, very, very good. So, is there anything else we've got before we wrap up and start recording our Patreon episode that you, people can... Sign up for at patreon.com slash diplomacy slash slash diplomacy games. <laughs> uh, a couple of bucks a month or whatever it is. Um, look, no, I can't think of anything um, other than what we'll be sharing with our special Patreon listeners. Cool. We'll have to work out what the fuck we're going to talk about then. All right. Hey, guys. Great, lis- great um, listening. Great, great talking to you. Yeah, great, great listening, um, talking. Cheers. Cheers.